Welcome to the dumbest smart guy podcast on the planet. This is the Central Unintelligence Podcast. going we're good i think everything's going good oh hey that sounds kind of good all right here we are back again for the central unintelligence podcast episode number 16 as always i'm josh i'm one of your hosts i'm here with uh frank yep and also here with adam howdy uh yeah yeah and uh here we are so a couple things we want to talk about today let me let me readjust myself <laughs> Uh, one of them being just kind of a general topic regarding espionage, talking about some of that kind of stuff, and spying, spying and espionage, I guess, right? And then... Uh, sponsored by Spy X Family. Sponsored, sponsored by them, plus the CIA, more than likely. <laughs> Maybe the NSA as well, a little bit, a little bit of that in there. Uh, also... Talking about uh, some China stuff today, specifically uh, involving here in America, and I'm a little, a little perturbed by this. Perturbed. Perturbed. Definition of perturbed. Uh, disturbed, worried, angered, somewhere around there. I don't know. Translation. What, what, what do you mean? We, translation. Translation. I don't fucking know. It sounds nice. Right? Translation. We pissed as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Angered. This is a uh, yeah word of the day. <laughs> perturbed. If we, if one of us can uh, use that. In a sentence before the end of the episode. Again? Like we need to use it again? <sighs> yeah. It's, uh, we, we should make that a goal to try to increase our lexicon, our vocabulary. And utilize better words? Yeah, so we don't say, uh, like, uh, uh, like, uh. All right, let's go. All right. <laughs> like, um, <Anyways>. let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things that has happened is they had this summit regarding Asian nations or some shit like that. And they had it in San Francisco, okay, which for is right here. Weird, for some weird reason. I, for, well, I wouldn't I say mean, it's for no. some weird reason. Yeah, no, it's an obvious reason. I mean, anyways, basically, in the few weeks leading up to this fucking thing, the, the, the San Francisco streets have been changed in a way that hasn't, hasn't been changed in decades, even. And... Oh. One of the things that they do is San Francisco has a shit ton of homeless. All right, not gonna Super lie. Cool to the homeless. Yeah, yeah. There's there's they're homeless. There's a lot of homeless there. There's a lot of you know shit, literally shit in the streets. Feces, fecal human, matter. Yeah, human feces. There's there's a lot of. Do you remember that one app they made to to locate all the spots that that had it so you can avoid it? And they had to shut it down because it was overloading the servers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was literally breaking the servers with how fucking much <laughs> uh, they have. How many? How many people reporting the shit in the streets? Was that one guy? Um, I remember, forgot his name, but he's like a world-renowned like traveler. He travels around the world with documentaries and shit. Uh huh. He says, "I've been to the I've been to the Maj, the Taj Mahal. I've seen the indigenous people of the Philippines." Of the of the Amazon River and all that stuff. He's talking about all the things he's done in his world, but only in San Francisco did I ever step in human shit. I mean, that's a very true point. Um, one of the things that 
the thing that perturbs me is that old boy Gavin Newsom, <clears throat> the governor of California, are basically our Trudeau. <laughs> yeah, he's basically the the Californian Trudeau, and he he has this press conference because everybody was talking shit about hey, how come all of a sudden we see these crews going out and literally before and after pictures, one street just tents all over the sidewalks. You have to walk in the street if you're walking on the sidewalk. And there's just shit everywhere. There's just trash. It's just everywhere. The next, literally the next week, it's all cleaned and gone. And so somebody asked him, hey, what, what's with all of the, all of a sudden, why are we caring and getting rid of this stuff when before for the people who live here, it was essentially, who cares? Oh, you need to be nice to the homeless. We need to respect them and let them stay. And so Newsom literally says, they go back to in <laughs> the press conference, oh, yeah, you know, it would seem that the reason why we're cleaning this up is because we're having this conference and because uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, is coming here. And it would seem that way. And he says, do you want to know why it seems that way? Because that's exactly what it is. That is the words he used, was that this is the exact reason why we're cleaning it up, is because Xi Jinping, the president of China, is coming here... For this stupid ass summit, and he's meeting with Biden. Well, you can't, you can't, be, you can't fault the guy for cleaning up the streets when his boss is coming to visit. That's the point that I'm trying to make, Frank. Is that is ex- just like it seems they cleaned it up for this because of the reason was because of Xi Jinping coming. It also now seems like the reason why they did that is because Gavin Newsom reports to Xi Jinping. He met with him in China recently which is also fucking disturbing why is a sitting governor of a state in the united states of america meeting with a foreign not just a foreign dignitary but the president or leader of essentially our greatest enemy the number one list on the bad guys or the threats to america that exists currently right now china is at the top well did you see the um they were showing all the people that, that paid to be able to sit next to him. Uh-huh. Do you know who got the seat right next to him? No. Tim Cook. From who? From Xi Jinping? What? From That was sitting next to Xi Jinping? Yeah. Huh? Well, I mean, most of the shit's made in fucking China. What's so, of course, the, the number one company in America that sells the, the number one cell phone that makes it in China, of course they're going to kiss ass and do whatever they got to do to continue that relationship with them so they can continue to make record profits. We know who else was at that table? Who else was at that table? The president of Boeing. <laughs> well, China also orders a shit ton of 747s. And Boeing, Boeing sells them to them. But they're also one of our biggest uh, military conscriptions. I mean, conscriptions. Um, yeah, that platform. Yeah. Well, I think that's, what's, that's what Air Force One is, right? Air Force <coughs> One is a Boeing 747, right? No, it's the bigger one. The um, 767? Yeah, something like that. Or the 777? Well, either way, it's kind of the it's a similar platform. It's just smaller, but yet that's what they have it. They they have it. They're they're selling it off in record numbers. So it just it very much upsets me when I see our own leadership here in in you know specifically in California. Let's just say because obviously that's specific to us. But it's it's just it's upsetting to see them bending and kowtowing to the Chinese government. And also, well, let me just finish this thread, I guess. 
it's it's upsetting to me because why wouldn't they clean this shit up for their own people? The people who, again, the taxpayers, the people who pay for all of these services to be done for the Chinese, which is which is that's how they paid for it was with taxpayer money. So <coughs> why did it have to take some bullshit like that to get them to clean it up? Why didn't they just say, hey, you know what? This has gotten too far out of hand. We need to do something about this because people shouldn't be stepping in shit, human shit, literally. But yet, when the Chinese come to town, we'll go ahead and clean it up for them. And now that the Chinese are leaving town, I'm sure they'll let it just go right back to the way it fucking was until the Chinese return. So it's, it's disturbing to me when that happens. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but... Mm. I, I mean, say, do you is, even have an opinion? Not really, no. You don't, you don't care? Not really. No? Nah. All right. Well, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, this, you, this was your subject, so... Yeah, it was, and I, well, I'm just curious to know what your thoughts were. Um, another thing that, pissed, that, that kind of upsets me with this, too, is just the level of... I saw videos, and I'm sure people have seen the videos, because they're out there, of the whole delegation of Xi Jinping and everybody coming through the streets. And, yeah, you had a full police, you know, escort and all that stuff. But on the streets, there was literally this array of Chinese flags and just all these people waving Chinese flags, all this shit, right? Now, granted, I'm sure most of them were paid to be there, but they were very much keeping out the other side to that, the people that were protesting the Chinese, because there was a large contingent of people out there that were, you know, representatives of the Uyghurs, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the people that are being persecuted by the Chinese government, there were people who are expatriates of China that have come here and have said like, hey, this government is fucked and it's, they, they do a lot of horrible fucking human rights violations. There was a lot of people there to protest them because unlike in China, we are allowed to do that here. But since they came, since the Xi Jinping was coming here, they had heavy, heavy security and no one who was not carrying a pro-Chinese thing or a pro-Chinese flag was allowed on the route at all. They were someone actively who, booting them off. Someone that snuck in the flag, though. Yeah, I did, I did see one, one uh, what was it? Um, what, what was the flag? The uh, US flag. Yeah, the, there was one little, you can't even really tell what it was, though. You just could see it wasn't a Chinese flag. But that was good to see. Someone snuck it in. But it's still pisses me off that here we have all these freedoms to do these things, to protest our own government. But then when someone from another government comes along that we are, I don't know, whatever kissing his ass, I don't know what the purpose of this whole thing was. But then when they come along, our, our rights to do that are, oh, well, you can't do that because they don't allow that there. So now you can't do it here while they're here. You, you got to wait till they leave or go do it in another spot. We can't let them see that dissent is allowed here. Even though it is, it fucking it, it just infuriates me. So, anyways, I guess if anybody else has anything to say about it, we can keep going. But that's all I have to say, I guess, at this point regarding the the China, well, <laughs> the Chinese and them coming to California. The barricades were interesting. They were interesting. What what was interesting about the barricades? Well, <laughs> I mean, for when it comes to foreign country foreign countries and their leaders coming to yeah. our our country, right? Mm -hmm. For the most part, <laughs> it's usually, you know, police escorts or maybe 
maybe their, their own personal bodyguards and shit like that. But for this right. specific case, I've never seen anything like it uh, to have barricades specifically for this summit or whatever it was. Uh, it seems like it was it, it went the it went the extra mile when, you know, in other cases, police escorts and, and uh, I don't know if it's Secret Service or just bodyguards in general would suffice. But this a barricade, dude. Like that—that's interesting. Yeah, that w- that was very interesting that they put up all those barricades along the route that they were. Taking I don't know what that really means in context. Like, I don't know if that's just. Uh, well, I to me, I guess I would take that as they know that we're allowed to have guns, that we're allowed to. So, if anybody was going to assassinate this dude, it'd probably be here, because in China you don't have that. You don't have that worry. <laughs> You know, or when you're in a lot of other countries, you don't have that worry because who, when when people are pissed off and they leave and they emigrate from China, where do they usually go? They usually come here to America because they go from having no freedoms to basically all the freedoms. So or Canada, yeah, or Canada, even though they have less freedoms in here, but you come to America because you can have all the freedoms and all the opportunity. But if you come here, then and then then now the president of China's here, and you go hmm. I was wronged by this fella back when I was in China, or maybe he killed my, had my family killed her. Who knows? So I, I could imagine that there's a lot of people that don't like that dude that, that would be quite angry and have the means to do something about it that live here in the United States. Yes. So I would say that that's probably where they were coming from in terms of putting, ex, putting up extra security or whatever you want to call it. I feel it. like it's Ocom's razor. Where it's oh, like Occam's the, sim- razor? the the simplest solution or the simplest yeah. conclusion is the one. I'm sure that's probably that. Is. Realistically, the reason they brought barricades was for the purpose of <laughs> maybe not so much people. Somebody was actually going to assassinate yeah. Xi Jinping, but mainly for the safety, <clears throat> the general safety yeah. of all of these world leaders being transported through the streets of San Francisco and not really anything more. But... <clears throat> For me personally, it seems excessive to have barricades. It it was just very strange. Very strange. Yeah, it was. It was very. It was very odd. I'm not partial to anything you were saying sure. previously, mm-hmm. but just just that subject alone of the the fucking barricades that seeing those pictures of that was just kind of yeah. You know, takes you back a little bit. Yeah, it does. It does. But anyways. All right. Well, that's kind of I guess all we have to say about that. Frank, you got anything else to say about that topic? New. No. I don't want to be canceled. What do you mean you don't want to be canceled? He wants I, I don't mean canceled socially. I mean canceled from life. From life? <laughs> oh, like the Chinese will come assassinate us? <laughs> sure. You want to? Uh, <laughs> you're going to be unsubscribed from life. Yeah, you're going to be unfollowed. We all know from what. Living. We all know blocked what and reported from life. Make that happen. <laughs> blocked and reported from life. Yeah, yeah, true. All right. So, anyways, all right. So, does does it, before we get into this, you know, the the, the espionage portion of this, does anybody yeah. have any other stuff they want to talk about uh, as in relation to anything? Any other topic? No, I don't know. Since we know CIA listens to us, yeah, can they um can they do something about the guy who's controlling the weather machine because he's fucking up all our weather here? (laughs) You know, that's a very good point. And maybe the CIA doesn't control it, but they could get control of it. I would imagine weather is fucked. I'm (coughs) assuming the government's involved somehow because it's not working right. Right, but yeah. Maybe they could do something, but I don't know. Maybe you know, I have to put in a a, a a ticket with them and see what they do. Put in a maintenance ticket, and see if they, see if they could take care yeah, of. I'm, them sure, take I'm, care sure, of. I'm sure they'll get to it right to it. I'm sure they'll get right on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why do I keep getting updates from Twitter about Illinois and, and their weather? 
I don't know. Maybe they want you to move to fucking Illinois. Um. Anyways, all right. So I, I have a question. Yeah. So uh, I know we're talking about espionage, but the subject of espionage kind of. I don't know if it's exclusive to the Cold War. So I don't know if this should just broadly be about the Cold yeah, War. Yeah, I so. mean, I think probably, but I was going to give a little bit of background, a little bit no, the, on a couple of things. Espionage was a huge part. It's a huge part in every war, not just recent times. But the height of it, I guess. For yeah. I mean, that's by. I mean, the height that, in modern times, I guess. That's no. only by like our perspective. I guess for America. America. Yeah. The height of the. Of of espionage was probably the Cold War because that's literally all it was. I mean, it was it was literally a a war that was being fought in the shadows through espionage and, and subversion. Yeah, KGB. Yeah. All right, what do you got? So one of the give us the lore. So one of the interesting things that I obviously espionage has existed pretty much forever, right? That's yes. kind of been a thing. Um, the first documented case of of espionage, essentially, was uh, during the the Hammurabi uh, king era, which was like, it, fuck, I couldn't even pin it down to a year because it was like... What was it like? Like, it was several thousand years ago B.C. And so, <coughs> uh, basically, it was, it was a, a document that was the first time in recorded history that it was classified, and there was a spy that was within the court of the king who stole the document, edited it to say something different, and then it changed the way that they responded to certain things. So that was essentially the first documented case of espionage. What country was this for? It was oh. in the kingdom, the, the king of Hammurabi, which what was like a middle, it's like a middle, a middle Eastern kind of, uh, let me see if, oh, Babylon. It's in the Babylonian era. Okay. So it's kind of in that Middle Eastern, African, okay. Northern Africa kind of deal. All right. Um, so that was like the first case, essentially, of, of that. And the, the understanding or the generalization that espionage is, is critical or is something that is definitely necessary in any <sighs> format of warfare, it wasn't actually documented in, in, in thesis until... Sun Tzu in the Yard of War. That was the first recorded, written down thing saying, hey, this is not only critical during warfare, but it's also critical during peacetime as well. Because really, I mean, some of your best espionage, and really the Cold War was technically during peacetime. Mm -hmm. uh, so some of your best espionage can come out of quote-unquote peacetime happenings. Because... Yeah, maybe your enemies are kind of getting lackadaisical. They're not really like paying attention too much, and you can go steal all their secrets so that when your next conflict happens between the two of you, oh man, you already got their whole playbook. You already know what the fuck they're gonna do. Yeah, you're already fucking ten steps ahead of them. So those were those were the and espionage has existed basically in every conflict. It was in the Civil War. It was in the Revolutionary War. At least in terms of America, obviously, um, spying and spycraft has existed in many different ways. And it's kind of like that thing with, um, what is it? The, the, the thing where, oh, there's like seven major plots and they've all, every story boils down to like seven major plots. Every single major plot has existed throughout history and, is, and it's just been redone and redone. That's kind of how it is with spying. Now, granted, as technology enhances, there's, you know, different applications for that. But 
kind of the generalistics of espionage and spying have already been done throughout history. It's just them re retooling them and making them effective in modern times, essentially, is kind of what it what it seems like. So during the you know Revolutionary War, there was a lot of oh you have something to say? No. Oh, all right. Uh, you know, it, it's just even something as simple as intercepting messages, right? Nowadays, we have, obviously, the internet. So a lot of our spycraft has turned into digital formats, where instead of having a guy whose job it was to go find the courier who was carrying the message to intercept him, now there's a digital thing that finds the digital courier and intercepts the message, takes it, and then sometimes doesn't even fucking... No one even knows that it was taken, that it was viewed. And that is the... If, you're, if we're talking about back in the day when they did the messages by bird or, or courier or whatever horse, on horseback, it's crazy that, man, if the guy who was the courier was on the take and was a double, double agent or was working for both sides or whatever, mm -hmm. you could all your, shit, all your secrets that you're sending could be known to the enemy, but then you would never know that, that they were even having any idea of what was going on. Because this guy's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I showed them the documents. Or even if he gets captured and, you know, the documents are stolen but still delivered from another guy that they maybe they don't know who he is because he's going to a different location, obviously. So, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on. A lot of the crazy projects that have happened over the years with this, like the CIA in particular, I guess. And then, you know, the MI, what are they, the British ones? The MI6. Uh, MI6. MI6. Yeah, they've... Whatever James Bond is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that they've done a lot of crazy shit over the years and obviously we'll probably talk about some of those things with you know in relation to the cold war i mean obviously you know we got what tons of well, anyways did, what, what did you did you have anything specific you wanted to bring up adam uh shit there's a ton but yeah it, it kind of sucks because i didn't really take <clears throat> notes i was watching this documentary yeah. to kind of get some interesting talking points but i don't want to use this time to search up specific people and names and shit but you know, something I wasn't really all that familiar with was uh, the OSS being the predecessor to the CIA. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the OSS stands for. I think it's, it's like the, the Office o of Secret Services, I think, is what it was called. Or Strategic <laughs> Services. The Office of Strategic Services, I think, is what it actually stood for. Yeah. And then there was one other thing. Shit. I, I don't want to give out false information, but there was another office. It was called, like, the Office policy coordination and it was specifically named that because it was supposed to undermine people's suspicion about what the thing was like it was you know it's a benign name but what they actually did was yeah. like the cia things like they right they, yeah they were doing spying and shit but yeah. then nobody like knew what it was um but yeah so uh, there there was this one interesting thing uh maybe to start off kind of like the cold war i suppose uh if you can cover for me for a second. Yeah, well, one of the things, like, with the naming, right? So in Vietnam, we had the uh, Special Forces, kind of a CIA-type deal, the MACV SOGs, and those were, like, the A-teams or whatever you want to call them, and they would go into the border of, of Laos and Cambodia, and they would go do all kinds of crazy secret squirrel shit and attack the Viet Cong when they were over in those, those safe haven countries, you know, secretly, and it literally stood for Military Assistance Command Vietnam, Studies and Observations Group. It was literally masqueraded as a science division. And so everything that came out of them, the Russians and the Vietnamese that intercepted anything, they were just kind of like, ah, whatever, this is just some science bullshit. We don't care. But really, they were literally 
going cross border and basically conducting illegal operations because we were not at war with Laos and Cambodia, <clears throat> but they would go across the border into these one way missions almost and these super high end missions that they would take out, you know, generals or other just forces over there and they would, uh, you know, conduct those operations there in a completely clandestine and secret manner and all under the guise of, oh, it's, it's, this is the science unit basically is what they were, they were under the guise of, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Uh, so there was this, um, article that was written by this guy named George F. Kennan. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was called the, well, it, the, the thing was written in a, in a, in a Morse code. What do you, oh yeah. Like a uh, telegram. Like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, it was called the X article, but the actual title was like the sources of Soviet conduct. So this guy like researched the Soviet union itself and how they mm -hmm. operated, what, like what that whole yeah, yeah. lifestyle entailed, like what their motivations might be. So we kind of spelled that out and that kind of gave the U S an idea of what that country was like. Cause you know, it's kind of like a, that environment was kind of like a closed system. Cause you yeah, know, it, it was like a closed and, loop and that, system. And that only was exacerbated with like the Berlin wall to make sure that people couldn't come in, but also keep, uh, keep keeping people within the whole Soviet right, right? Yeah. They couldn't escape. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of like a interesting article that was uh, written that, you know, just, uh, further elaborated on the Soviet union itself. But, yeah, um, yeah. so when the, the, the CIA was created, uh, in order to counter communism and spread and it spreading to other countries, the CIA was created, right? Right. Yeah. One of their first missions or one of the first things they did <coughs> was, uh, I guess there was a growing communist party or communist movement within Albania. And yeah. that was their first target. And, uh, basically what they did to subvert that movement was they paid people to become, to have like an opposition party or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they only spent like $200,000 for that whole operation to take place. And eventually they did remove the person or rather they overtook that party. So, uh, and then there was another instance when it came to the Italians just after world war two, where um, there was another growing communist party that uh, was see seeking to take power within the Italian government. Yeah. And the U.S. did another instance of, you know, subverted tactics. Right, too. yeah. So, it, I don't know. That shit was just kind of interesting. It, one of the things that I think is interesting about the CIA is one of their specialties mm -hmm. is essentially... Now, whether they succeed or fail all the time mm -hmm. is fucking up for debate, I guess. But one of the specialties that they do is literally going down to a country that we don't like and subverting and attempting to overthrow their government. And it, in during like the, especially the cold war era with the Soviet deal, when we were going up against and fighting the communists, that was one of the things they did all the time was they would go down to the central American, South American, uh, East Asian countries that were courted by the Russians to, you know, to join up in the communism flag. And they would basically say, Hey, you know, we could we could just we can't just let them walk all over these guys and just convert them to communism. We need to do something about this. Yeah. So then they would go over there and they would fund a freedom party or whatever you want to call it, and they would just try to overthrow their government or do whatever yeah. or get them to be at least doing damage. Now they weren't successful all the time. Yeah. There's plenty of failed coups that the CIA was responsible for, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they would go in and just do it to be to, to, at all 
is is that's the specialty is just going in and doing that. It's it feels like the cheapest method to subvert an enemy that could be created in the future. Yeah. Because you're taking out their knees. You're, you're, you're right from, from the beginning. From the get-go, yeah. You're not even giving them a chance. So it almost makes sense, like, if, if you're what you're talking about when it comes to espionage, you don't wait around for another, war, uh, another world war to spawn. Right, yeah. You, you want to take care of the problems as they're happening. You want to have as much intel on everybody as things are happening in peacetime so that if those things escalate, which they probably shouldn't because if the CIA comes into play... With, uh, you know, trying to arm people or, or distribute information to try to overtake a government or to install people as new leaders yeah. and shit. Like, that's how you stop a world war is to do those type of things, to cut, to cut people at their fucking knees or cut enemies yeah, at their knees. And, and honestly, I kind of think that's part of the reason why America has we've been so dominant over the last, you know, basically post World War Two is because we had this organization going around and subverting every single fucking country that could potentially be our enemy or countries that were even friendly to us were were subverting them in ways just to ensure that they don't become an enemy. And but I oh, will yeah. I will add that uh there I don't remember what specific instance it was but mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> this uh documentary that I was watching was pointing out that uh as good as we thought we were the Russians were far better because since the days of the czars, Russia has always been, not always, rather, since that time, it's, it's been in a state of surveillance always. Yeah. That, they, that they use people to, you know, get them to squeal or, or to, to get information or, you know, you would just disappear if you were against the state itself. Right, yeah. Things like that. So they were already doing that shit before we, we were doing that. Like, and the CIA serves as what like the 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 president's personal arm or how how would you word it well i would say that the cia's main function is foreign intelligence gathering yeah and and i want to say they serve the president jfk learned that the hard way (laughs) i mean the pro i guess for like the kgb they're more proactive not only like as far as foreign intelligence goes but also Domestic, domestic, yes, uh, domestic affairs. So like, yes, for, yeah. so that's one of the things the CIA is mandate is they're not allowed to operate legally within the United States. That's, that's, the, FBI, that's sure. the FBI's job. So we created our internal state police, being mm-hmm. the FBI, whereas the KGB was both the foreign domestic or the foreign spying apparatus as well as the domestic surveillance apparatus. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you're right about. Since the time of the Czar, once the communist revolution happened you know, whatever, post-fucking, when was that, post-World War One Or right around that time, the 1917 era? Yeah, it's probably like the 1920s, the Bolshevik Right, it was, it was like in the 20s, it was like post-World War One. So when that happened, ever since then, it's either you're with us or you're against us, and we're going to find out if you're fucking against us, and yeah. we're going to do something about it. I mean, there's there's a there's a parallel between since that started to what there is now, I mean, there's videos of people holding signs in in Red Square, yeah, uh, opposing the government. There's people, there's plants, there's fucking oh, yeah. cells waiting around to find out who's speaking out against the government. If you, if you fucking, if you get a whiff of it in your ear, if you're uh, anything like that, if you're holding up a sign, they're gonna know, and you're gonna disappear. It's that's the end yeah, of the story. and and it's the honeypot fucking aspect of it, where it's they're having their own people 
try to attract the people who are the government detractors so then they can identify them and say who's the okay now we know who you are and now we're going to get you whereas like we do we do the same thing here we just do it in a different manner where if you look at all those the january like that january 6th stuff or whatever and if you look at it was hilarious because there's like a a fucking picture of like all these dudes that literally look like they're undercover fucking fbi agents they're all wearing the same khaki shorts and like blue like dark blue polo shirt and they have the fucking the rap shade the government issued wrapped fucking black shades and it's like oh that's clearly a honeypot operation right there that is clearly dudes getting people from the internet to meet up and then showing up and then when they're all there it's like oh cool well the one guy we now we've arrested him and now we we, we got him even though we kind of convinced him to fucking do almost this shit anyways but yeah we do a lot of the same shit it's like uh there's a meme i saw the other day that's <coughs> like oh there is a e-girl cia agent trying to convince an fbi soy boy to commit uh, acts of domestic terrorism yeah i've seen that meme it, yeah there, it's uh i think it's like they're they're <coughs> it's panel panel because it's like yeah. one, one person's in another location another one but they're like typing on the computer waiting for them to he's like no you do the domestic terrorism he's like oh no you oh come on it'll be so hot ooh, ooh. and yeah. then he's like oh yeah what are you? Like, i'm like yeah i'm sure that's exactly what's i'm sure that's happening yeah. right now as we speak but yeah like you said we, we do the same shit they do we just do it in a different way yeah and there was a couple cases don't remember which specific ones there were but the russians knew that uh they basically told uh like the army or whatever governing body that was in alliance with like the you know the communist communist party of like russia or whatever yeah that they fed them that intel so they right. knew who who the plants were for from the u.s and they ended, up, they ended up getting killed and there was like several instances of that where the u.s agents went in there thinking that they were gonna overthrow the government and they yeah. got set up and they fucking died yeah and, oh, yeah. and then as a part of the CIA is that this whole thing is supposed to be not traced back to us, the U S president. They have the the black stars when you come into their, their building. What? If you, when you walk into Langley, there's a wall full of black stars and those Mm. are all the agents they lost, but they can't name them. They can't. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, basically, I mean, you can't, this shit can't be traced back to the president and there's no record of like the budgets. There's no, record of the people that well, were involved I'm, in shit that was the whole thing with the black file where where was it the fbi found the cia was started the whole cartel thing oh yeah yeah it was that's how they got their funding was by hoping the cartels sell drugs in america yeah yeah and and and, and i th- i do think that yes we need an organization that does this shit we have to have it but there's got to be a line there's got to be like a, a hard line. Now, them going out and creating their own budgets, doing that, mm, eh, that's a little, it's a little iffy. But if they're not out there doing that, as long as they're doing the right thing to keep the country safe. Now, granted, we haven't had another 9-11 uh, since then, but should we have had 9-11 in the first place? Shouldn't they have fucking been on top of that shit? You know, theoretically, uh, 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 that's uh, I don't know. That's a question. I don't know if we'll. I don't think we have the answer for it. Yeah, it's just a question, though. Yeah. But again, I do think that that type of government agency, that foreign intelligence gathering, and really, 
I'm kind of I'm okay with the CIA uh, spying on people here as long as they're foreigners, right? Because technically, you know, they're foreign. Mm, that's know, kind don't of spy on me. That's the, kind of the average discrimi- Joe. That's kind of discriminative. Is it discriminative? Well, that's what discriminatory. The FBI. Well, if they find anything what, on American you? discriminatory, I guess Discri- discriminatory. Yeah, discriminatory. Yeah. It's not because the CIA is only supposed to deal with people that are foreign. Our country, right? They can't really. They can't do any. De- they're not allowed to. Now I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure they do, but they're they're not allowed to technically to do any domestic operations. They're only a f- supposed to do foreign shit. So if they find anything and say, <coughs> "Hey, we found out about this guy who's in the U.S.," they pass. They're supposed. To, they're supposed to pass that shit on to the FBI because it's like, "Hey, you're supposed to go ahead and take this take this route." Now, granted, there have been several times throughout history of the CIA that they've they've obviously been caught doing fucking projects here and they've been doing uh weird weird fucking testing and operations and shit within the american uh borders so yeah so uh <laughs> not not to yeah no, go ahead. uh to feel like we're going off on a tangent a bit not to say we, we yeah, can't yeah. revisit it but i still want to stick to oh yeah good just a bit after <laughs> world war ii but if i can also say something real quick I was watching again the Joe Rogan podcast, and he had that one fool on there. You know who I'm talking about? The guy who was like, he was in the military, then he left and became CIA agent. He has hair like Adam, kind of. Uh, uh yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I don't know what his name is though. Uh, he was talking about his time in the CIA, and uh, uh-huh. he said, "You know what's funny? We can train guys for years to be the best spy. We can turn people. We can do all that. But the best person that we have ever turned is the copy repairman." The, the what? The copper? The copy repairman. Copy repairman. For copy machines? Yeah. Because we turned one of those guys, and you couldn't believe the information we were getting from him. And all he had to do was go in there, because, you know, every embassy in the world has a copy or fax machine. And Shit. They're, they're not vetting those guys because the copy repairman. And so all he has to do is go in. We have to just wait. Once the machine breaks down, he goes in. Puts a little device in there for us. And now we have all the information coming and going out of that embassy right at our fingertips. Man, I would have pinned it for the janitor. Like a janitor. Yeah, yeah. those are no, good ones too because they have access see, to generally if everything. Janitor, if you see a janitor playing around with the copy repair machine, that's going to raise suspicion. You see the copy repair man working on the copy repair machine. Right. Well, but think about this too. Okay, the janitors uh, at, at pretty much uh, every place that has a janitorial uh, staff... <laughs> Who's got access to basically every fucking room in the facility? Yes, but janitors. Yes, I get that what you're saying, but and janitors are not he, out of place. No, but the second he's doing something that's out of a place, yes, that's when it's well, no, no. Alarms. Well, but see, this is the thing. They're usually there after hours when no one's there doing the cleaning in the middle of the night. They're usually there. Also, if someone were to find them in, let's say, like, oh. A special agent's office. Well, oh, this I, I'm clean. I cleaning. I'm cleaning this up. I'm taking out the trash. I'm doing whatever. They have access yeah, to whatever they want. And you have plausible deniability. True. If you were, if you were gathering intel, co- confidential information, yeah. or oh, I was just throwing this away. I didn't know. I didn't. I couldn't do it. You have plausible deniability. That's true. That's true. But yeah, with, but in, in the second in, that, but the way. That, But the way it works with the CIA, let's say the CIA and the FBI, once they, even if you can say, oh, I, you know, I was just clean, doesn't matter. Something happened, all cleaners of that level are fired. They're, that's it. You're done. Whereas the copy repair machine guy, he's going to go in there and do his shit. And then 
No one's ever well, yeah, going to second guess that. I could see that, yes, if they just specifically wanted to get any any information that was being sent in or out you can't, of the no, thing. The thing I'm trying to say is you can't burn that copy repair man if he's doing his job. If you want the janitor to steal information, you burn that janitor. All right, but it's very limited because the copy repair machine guy can just stick the shit in the copy repair machine and put mm-hmm. the device so that you can then... It transmits you all the shit that they're copying and even faxing, I'm sure, because the copy machine is also usually the fax machine. So you're receiving and you're getting all the received copies or faxes, all the sent faxes that they're sending. And back before the email thing, that was the main way that embassies would communicate with each other was they would fax it. It fax shit over. Um, So I, I think, yeah, in terms of getting that one specific type of thing, that's the best fucking thing you could get. I still think that overall, potentially a janitor, because a janitor has access to get multiple different types of intelligence gathering, not just specifically the information coming in and out of the copy machine or fax machine, I guess. Yeah. But I'm sure that they fucking had a wealth of information. And again, no one would ever fucking suspect, like you said, because, well, it's just the copy. He's doing his well, job. Not anymore. The copy. But then the only thing that sucks, Esther, not anymore. The only thing that sucks, though, is you would have to wait until the, something happened with the copy machine. Like, you just got to wait. So, like, you really can't do shit until they have that, a problem with their copy machine. As somebody who has to work shit. in an office, that, our fucking copy machine it has to be fixed at least once every month. They're surprisingly delicate machines. And I had a coworker that you, whose dad is actually a copy repairman. Mm-hmm. And he was getting, like, paid 40 bucks an hour. Yeah. Because like, it happens so often. So, it's not... These copy machines don't break down, like every day but they do break down yeah i don't know i mean like i imagine because like okay where i have uh, we have the, this fucking copy machines or whatever and those thing that thing we've this been is bulletproof man that thing and i imagine that that's the type of that quality of copy machine <laughs> industrial strength yeah, that's copy what it is, machine. like an industrial strength copy machine and fax machine i imagine that's the kind of shit that would be like at this at this uh, government facility that oh this shit ain't gonna break down or at least here in the United States, I feel like we would have a guy that already works there that is the copy machine guy, and that's all he fucking does. Whereas in other countries, yeah, they're contracting that shit out. They're just like, oh, yeah, just call the copy machine company, mm-hmm. and they're going to come. Which is probably why we were able to get so much shit, because all those other countries, they don't have copy machine guys. They just fucking, fact, they just fucking farm it out to another country. And then what would be interesting is when we started doing that and it was successful, did we then stop contracting out fact copy machine guys and just saying, no, no, we need to hire guys in full background checks and we're fucking, falling for our own trick. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna fall for our own fucking shit. Cause uh that is and who knows, maybe other maybe everybody else people had already been doing that before then, you know, who knows? Which is fucking crazy. But yeah, man, all for fucking copy machines. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Um anyways. Fuck, I'm trying to find <laughs> find that fucking joke from the office space when that guy, uh Michael Bolton. Yeah. He's like something loading error. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the um, fucking name of the specific error code, but anyways. Um, anyways, yeah, I was I was looking up like other f- like funny funny shit that the CIA has done throughout the years, or stuff that I at least found funny. Yeah. And so a couple of them. One of them was called Operation Midnight Climax, and it was basically they went primarily it was in San Francisco, but they did it throughout many other cities in the United States. Basically, they would they would get these hookers, they would pay them money, <laughs> and they would say, hey. We're going to pay you whatever money. You get your guys on the street. You bring them back to this hotel room. And before you guys do anything, you take this little dropper and you drop it in some water and you give it to them to drink. And then and then you can leave. 
And basically, it was just this whole thing set up that they just basically tested the mind control effects of LSD. Like, that was the whole purpose of it, was they were trying to figure out if they could get somebody... They were trying to use it initially as, like, a truth serum because they were, they were heavily trying to see, oh, if you could inject somebody and then ask them a question, would they be able to... Would it make them tell the truth? And so <coughs> they were, like, testing it on that. And then they were just testing to see what the general effects of in using it for, like, some kind of mind control type shit. If you could get somebody on X or LSD, if you could get them to do shit... For you, but wasn't that what MK Ultra was for? Was kind of. That was well. This that one was, was to make them psychic. Yeah, MK Ultra also was mainly about like it was like psychic shit too. It was like mind control and like psychic shit. And I think op, this midnight. I think this was kind of a little bit of a predecessor to this was like the light version of MK Ultra. It was like the entry level to it, and then it eventually turned into you know fucking MK Ultra yeah. or whatever. Um, and then basically. There was uh, oh, there was another one. It was called uh, Operation Acoustic Kitty, and basically what they did is, f- funnily enough, like they did it on an Asian. It was like an Asian person that they were trying to spy on, and they were trying to figure out how to get somebody in to where they needed to go. Mm. And one of the guys noticed that there was these fucking cats that just kept coming in and out, and they would go in there. The, the guys would be petting them. The dude be having meetings, and these cats would be in there. They're these like feral cats. So they basically finagled a listening device to the cat and said, all right, go in there and fucking get the fucking information. And I mean, obviously it didn't really work because cats don't do what the fuck they're told. So like basically the cats that they outfitted went in there like one or two times and then that was it. They just fucking bounced. And so, you know what? I think I I, uh, I heard about that because there was (coughs) there was one other instance Mm -hmm. where they armed this kitty with like the the tail was the antenna and there was all kinds of recording equipment attached to it like within its yeah yeah it's uh abdomen or whatever but then well, they sent it out and it fucking died because it got r- ran over so they didn't even get started <laughs> with it it just got hit by a car yeah and then there was like there was other things that they were trying to do with uh assassinating fidel castro like, oh they, yeah they, they, they were thinking exploding cigar they, yeah like ex- uh, replacing cigars with some kind of chemical that would kill them or Exploding cigars or um, what was another thing? Oh, putting, uh, what was it? Seashells. They wanted, <laughs> I don't know why they thought of that one. Cause it's like, that's a really specific instance for Fidel Castro to be walking down the beach and like this seashell having an explosive device. Yeah, <laughs> like, so they're waiting for him to like come around to fucking. So I don't know. That was just some of the weird shit that they were trying to come up with to uh, kill Fidel Castro. Um, I guess more on a serious note, getting back to like, just after World War II and the Berlin Wall and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there was um, the U.S. Because we were occupying Germany on the western end. And, yeah, of Weast course, Germany. the... Weast Germany. West Germany. And Weast Germany. Germany. Yeah. Uh, Weast. East. And then there was, you know, the East Germans that were, you know, uh, occupied by the Russians and right, shit. Yeah, yeah, You know, that's so, how we got Converse shoes, right? I mean, um, not Converse, um... Fuck, what was it? Puma and somebody else. Puma and Adidas. Adidas, there. Adidas was, uh, I think... That was the original company the two of them put together. Yeah. But then when they got separated, the other brother made Adidas. Yeah. One of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of them sided with, I think, the Russians or some shit. Um, so there was like a 15... <laughs> I think it was like 15 miles that they... The U.S. dug holes to find out like where their phone lines were, like for the Russians were. Yeah, yeah. So they were wiretapping, but... 
the Russians didn't care because they already knew that they, people, were, they doing, were doing yeah. they were doing that. But um, yeah, just some kind of just just one of those interesting little tidbits about uh, I guess Germany during that time is that you know the U.S. was trying to wiretap, but the Russians were like. We we already know that shit. We already know that shit, player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- t- good, good looking out, player. We already know that. Imagine what they were doing. It was like they're they're feeding them dumb shit. Like they're feeding them. Oh yeah, they're just sending them off to like yeah, on wild goose chases, yeah. blatant, blatantly false false shit. Like yeah, you know, and, and that's one of the things too about espionage or I guess we're talking about the CIA is that's kind of their whole fucking their whole thing is is to have the absolute most outside of the box fucking thinking that you could possibly have, you know. It is it is unconventional. It's as unconventional as unconventional gets, and you know it's some of this weird shit that happens. That I kind of think that over time, you know, it just depends on who you have in charge and stuff. But if you've got like the like the cat thing, right? <laughs> who knows what happened with those guys? But if you if they had a, if they had some boss that was an asshole and just fucking fired them because oh man, you guys did this stupid thing. But what if it would have worked? Like you should be encouraging yeah. those guys yeah. to continue doing ridiculous shit because one of these days, one of them's gonna be right. Yeah. And would you rather have that guy working for the other team or doing some other bullshit? Nah, man. Well, it always reminds me of that fucking uh, guy. The um, who makes our radar system? Is it Raytheon or is it? I, I'm sure it's Raytheon or, or a subdivision of of Raytheon. Yeah, because when they were devising the current standard, or whatever for the standard that we still follow to this day for a radar. Yeah. They were all making like, you know, they're saying this, this, and that. And then one guy says, well, can they detect cardboard? And they locked him out of the building. They fired him. They got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. And then was it later on this year? Was it this year or last year? Australia started giving them paper dr- cardboard drones to the to Ukraine to use because they started using them as bombers. Yeah. And then now the U.S. can't find that guy. They're trying to figure out, wait, he had a point about the cardboard. <laughs> Because now we 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 don't know if cardboard is detectable by our radar, mm. but it's definitely not detected by Russian radar. Yeah, because yeah, then it's like oh fuck, man, we got because again, yeah, that guy you might had not, a point, but well, they got rid of him. That's the thing though is you might not be able to build a complete aircraft out of cardboard to be undetectable, right? But you could build a little ass drone that could carry a hand grenade and fuck if nobody fucking if you can't see it coming well you need a lot of ducks in a row for a fucking cardboard drone oh, to last yeah well, don't absolutely forget, don't forget in world war ii we were trying to make an aircraft carrier out of wood mm, that's uh, true. Of pyrite can you imagine being one of those guys in the meeting when they're showing off pyrite because all it is is just wood pulp and then you freeze it and then it becomes stronger than steel or something like that and the guy brought out a block and they're going see this is pyrite strong pulls out a gun shoots it it bounces off the thing, hits one of the board directors, and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yes, let's build a fucking aircraft carrier out of this." <laughs> Fuck, man, that's pretty smart. Uh, it didn't work though. Yeah. All right, so now now we're kind of, I think, transitioning to nineteen fifties and sixties and shit. Yeah. When, when shit really gets heavy, because I think at this point, if we go any further than that, I want to say though, we still have the other one that we didn't <laughs> talk about. What? That's Shinobi's. Oh, Ninja? Yeah. From like the ancient Japan, the feudal Japan times? To all the way to the Meiji period. I mean, shit, that was, those were basically, yeah. Well, that's ancient, what the word means. Yeah. Ninja. Shinobi is a, is a is their, Ninja is their word for spy. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Their word, tr- Nin is stealth, and Jutsu is science or technique or art. So Ninjutsu was the, te- the study of stealth. stealth. So and a Shinobi is a practitioner of that technique. Hmm. 
So yeah, Shin, uh, Shinobi were met, Shinobi and what's the word? Konochis were used specifically for espionage and um, sabotage. Honestly, was, uh, oddly enough, assassination was like at the bottom of that list. <laughs> that is funny. Their main purpose was espionage and sabotage, which probably was more beneficial than assassination. Because if you disrupt the fucking like the the siege engine shit, that's more beneficial than. Oh man, our general died. Oh, right, we got six more to replace him. Yeah, slight tangent, but what what if something happens? Like you were trying to do a mission or something. Like you have somebody that's a double agent, right? Yeah, and they're supposed to be feeding information, but also possibly destroy some building or whatever the fuck it is, and they don't do that thing. <laughs> But you still need that fucker to be in that place because he's far more valuable within that system to keep gathering information. Like, that's kind of like an interesting situation where you have to evaluate, like, what's more valuable. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Because if their value is in blowing up the building and they didn't do it, oh, then fucking get rid of them. But if, they're, if that was a subset, <coughs> a secondary thing that they yeah. were valuable for, then it's like, ah, fuck, well. Because I feel like the information is probably... Like that one guy... Takes uh, priority yeah. over a lot of things. I forgot what his name was, where they picked him up and says, hey, we have a spy within our... It was like the Congress or, the Congress or the Senate or some shit. There's a spy feeding Russian information. Find him. He goes, all right. He was actually the spy doing it. Mm. Damn. And so he's like, he had two choices. Continue his... Operation or get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I think he chose to keep doing it, and they finally caught him. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, can you imagine that shit? Be like, oh shit, they know I'm here, but they put me in charge of finding me. <laughs> Sick. Damn, you so could just we could do a witch hunt. Yeah, yeah, and then you could plant so much fucking evidence on everybody else and frame everyone else. Yeah. Damn, man. But going back to that whole thing, like I don't know why. I, I mean, yeah, remind me of um, Matt TV. There was a sketch with um, Kim Peel uh-huh. back before they were famous. And like he's like, it shows him being an American dad, whatever, giving his kids. He goes, all right, kids, do all this stuff. He goes like, ding dong. He goes out the door, and you see the other guys like in full Muslim garb. He goes, brother, it is time. Like it was, he was a super <laughs> agent. He goes, I'll be right back, honey. He goes, oh, brother, and, like they're talking about all the jihad shit. Like he's like, okay, it is time that we use the suicide vest. He goes, uh, yeah, uh, and like he's, basically he got honey pot to like him. Yeah, American. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's fucking hilarious. Shit. Uh, so, so I guess, we're transitioning into like the fifties and sixties. You were, you were, you were saying that was, or uh, I guess we're still, you know, after the world war two or whatever. Right. Now, uh, <laughs> Russia at some point developed the TU four airplanes, yeah. which were capable, I think of dropping the nuclear bombs. Nuclear Cause bombs, then yeah. the U S found out that the, the Russians had nuclear capabilities but we didn't know the full extent of the country itself and what they were capable of. So yeah. we, we created the U-2 spy plane because uh, for, uh, I guess, the, what, it, what it was capable... Huh? Water. Where? Down the fire. There's water? Yeah. Are you sure? Or is it glue? I don't know. Looks like glue. Yeah, it looks like glue. Touch it. Touch it. Well, I can't reach. I'm too short. That's glue. Is it wet? It looks wet? It's wet. It's wet. Yeah, it's water. From where? Did you... Did it leak from your roof or... 
I don't see anything else on the fucking rest of it. I just see it in that one little spot, though. Yeah. Did you, you like? You think something flinged up, like it flung up from like? Spit on here? Huh? I think I may have splashed it because I I went like. Oh, I, with I, your I was, hands maybe, when you were when you were doing maybe. the. But I don't know if it got that high. I don't know. That's crazy. You know who would probably know? The CIA. Yeah. <laughs> they, we, you know, I, we could ask them to replay the tape. Yeah. Uh, replay the, the tape. Of the internal surveillance and be like, hey, what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out later. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, the U.S. created the U-2 plane because it could fly 80,000 feet above like intercontinental ballistic missiles or right, ICBMs. Yeah. Uh, so the Russians didn't have anything capable of, of reaching down, yeah. shooting, shooting a missile that high to take that thing down, and uh, it also was equipped with um, with a very large uh, Polaroid camera. So Polaroid had their hand in the Cold War, uh, allowing the U.S. to gather intel <coughs> for the U.S. to take images of you know every, everything that was going on in Russia, like. Basically mapping it out and figuring out where, you know, where their nuclear plants were and, yeah. you know, where they were and operating stuff. You know, what's funny, too, is we've talked about this before, but about, you know, uh, civilian technology that got its start as military applications of the technology. And I mean, that very well, the modern HD photo uh, cameras that we have and the, you know, video cameras likely got their initial starts. Like you mean panoramic yeah, like, like that type of yeah, like super high resolution shit likely got its start because or likely got initially invested in as a military technology and then Polaroid was like, "Ah, hey, you know what? This yeah, this thing can take photos from space, but ah oh, shit, it also takes a really good picture when we're down here just, you know, of like whatever." Yeah. And that's probably and then they applied it to their civilian side technology and Shit, there we go. Now we get modern, you know, photography or whatever, or yeah. the beginnings of it, I guess. So it's interesting to see that. Like, yeah, that's where it got started was as a Polaroid camera in a U-2 spy plane at fucking 80,000 feet or whatever was its purpose. And then it got eventually turned into some sort of civilian fucking technology or whatever. Right. Uh, and then in the later years, I think things kind of transitioned to proxy wars uh yeah, things yeah. taking place in central and south america africa uh to try to for each country to extend their influence in other spheres of the world i suppose yeah um so so there there you know there there was the uh the cubans who eventually you know somebody like fidel castro ended up overthrowing and kicking out americans and right, stuff yeah uh and that included mobsters, which was kind of funny because at some point when the U.S. government wanted Fidel Castro assassinated, the U.S. government reached out to mobsters to put out put a hit on Fidel Castro because, I mean, they were trying everything to try to get this guy assassinated. Yeah, yeah. But I found that rather interesting is that, you know, uh, the U.S. government has had their hand in taking down mobsters and shit like you, you know like you know al capone and all those guys right, yeah, but yeah. now they're like <laughs> the enemy that you you didn't know was going to become an ally down the road like that's it's fucking great yeah uh, yeah yeah um but yeah there you know there's the whole cuban missile the bay of pigs and cuban, oh, yeah. cuban missile crisis and all that stuff and uh 
I want to expand ex, uh, expand upon it, but I have <coughs> vague recollections of it. Because <coughs> I think what comes to mind logically off the top of my head is that, yes, the Russians got one over on us by having some piece of land or a territory yeah. that they can immediately plant nuclear missiles directly at the U.S. because ICBMs were created. So yeah. they're right over... You know, just just outside of Florida, right? Yeah, just down the way. <laughs> so that's not something that we personally like or wanted. So, you know, they're, they're, we tried to do everything in our power to try to make that go away. Because, I mean, shit, it wasn't Turkey, one of our countries that we were using to plant missiles, and, you know, strategically. Yeah, there was, a, well, there was a lot of places on the eastern... European side that we were using to plant missiles and to fucking, you know, do all that kind of shit yeah. to to strategically place. And that's why they wanted to put it right at our door, because Cuba was the closest fucking thing that they had. There were really no other options for them yeah. to put shit at. That was the only choice. If you wanted to put it right at our door, just like we had shit right at their door. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to go to Cuba. So do you remember anything specifically about the Bay of Pigs? So we can kind of get more elaborate on this topic yeah so sort of so for my recollection the bay of pigs was essentially our uh i forget what they were called but there was a group that the cia was funding essentially that was the anti-communist group out of cuba and the bay of pigs was essentially them trying to like kind of invade the country and take it over to overthrow the government and it failed horribly from what I remember. Yeah, so and it, it was a bunch of Cuban exiles. and Right, yeah. And we basically funded, funded them, them and told them, take this fucker over. And, yeah. Yeah. And so that was what ended up happening was they ended up getting their asses whipped. Yeah. And the invasion was completely repelled. And that was the end of it. It, just, it was a failure. It was a complete failure. But that's an example of us utilizing a resource that's not ours. It's not us. We're not, we're not, we're not committing our lives or sacrificing our lives necessarily for that. We're taking people that were already pissed off and had a reason to fight, paying them and saying, Hey, here's all these guns and grenades and ammo. Yeah. You guys should really do something about this. Here's some money. Go have at it. And then they go and then, well, they all get slaughtered. So I think, I mean, ultimately the benefit for the people that would participate in any U.S. activities, right, right, would would mean that those surviving people would become installed as the new power for the government itself, right? But right. I, I was thinking, man, like I don't know how effective that shit's been because we've like only this? created so many more enemies out of these uh, out of these. Well, there are plenty of places that we've done that exact thing to and that were successful, but then turned into an enemy. You know, I mean, honestly, uh, the Taliban is a, is a prime example of that. You know, we funded and armed the Taliban to fight the Russians in the 70s and 80s when the Russians were invading Afghanistan in there. And by doing that, we helped them. We were buddies. And then over time, we eventually turned, they turned into an enemy. And, well, we funded them. We gave them all the training. We gave them the know-how. We gave them all the weapons. And here they go. You know, so... It's it's interesting to see how that dynamic works because you get some countries that we do that too, and yes, they're good a good ally because those guys learned 
hey, man, America helped us out. We're going to maintain some sort of international loyalty to America. I mean, not only just to keep the money flowing, because that's a big interest, right? That's a big part of it. You're newly found. You're a newly organized government that just overthrew your communist or uh, dictatorship type government. Yeah. Hey, what do you need to keep going? You need money to keep everything going. So obviously you were backed, if you were backed by the U.S., the U.S. has a vested interest in keeping you in power. And there are plenty of countries where we've funded the government to uh, not oppress, but to repel. Uh, you know, the same thing like the Russians would do to, to in that instance. Yeah. The Russians would fund the opposition side and we would be promoting and funding the government side to repel the, the rebellion or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So... What the fuck was so funny? Why are you laughing at me? Oh, no, because that, that subject about, like, the CIA trying to come up with all these wild ideas of how to kill people, how to influence yeah. them. I was thinking, like, what 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 would be, like, the worst ideas for how to kill somebody? I was like, guys, we need to make a pizza where the pepperonis have arsenic in them, like, and then we'll deliver <laughs> it to the fucking, these diplomats. Like, oh, you guys, I got it, all right? We, we, we take the elevator, all yeah. right? And we, we know what floor the guy lives on. So then we have it rigged so that anytime that number five gets pushed, the elevator just, the, the floor just falls out. And like, they just fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Like, like eventually we'll, we're going we're gonna to kill a lot of people. Yeah. But eventually, yeah. we'll get them. We'll get yeah. the guy we're looking for. Yeah, so <laughs> I wonder how many times, okay, because there's like a finite, a finite amount of money. I would say virtually limitless for, you know, for... You know our military, but so where where yeah. would the CIA fall in that? Like, are they considered well, part of? They're yeah. Well, no, they're considered a branch of like the federal government. Uh-huh. They're part of the Department of Defense. Well, now they're part of part of the Homeland Security, I guess. Um, but I would say that the CIA has been kind of its own thing. And yes, they do receive a budget from the government, but then they also have the black budget, which is you know them conducting international sale arms dealership sales and fucking whatever the hell else they're doing that. Is expensive, but they need to fund it somehow. So they—that's where they make this black budget money, and they make it on their own. Yeah, because like, how many times are you going to give something a chance before you just move on? Like the whole cat thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> or like, because I feel like you need to try something at least for who the fuck knows, maybe two or three years to find out if something's if worth it works. Yeah, yeah. Because and there's only so much money that you can use to before you're going to run out and not be able to to test different things out but yeah i don't know man just just the idea of coming up with different ways to like oops i farted um (laughs) to influence people or or to to find out to assassinate them without anybody finding out um because there's been different cases like that guy um that russian dude that was like the opposition leader against putin yeah yeah. that he got poked with some kind of umbrella yeah the radioactive umbrella yeah like the very tip of it would he gets stabbed, yeah, and then this guy like, like was fucking dying and puking and yeah, it gives you like instant radiation poisoning and there's no recovery from it. You're gonna die. Like it, yeah, it takes it like a week or so. But and like, he and he lived, but I, I actually don't know what happened to him. I, I know he was kind of being held as a political prisoner. Or yeah, something like that. I'm sure he fell out of a window. That's the other, that's <laughs> the, the meme, of the, yeah, yeah the, 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 the other Russian favorite. It's radioactive umbrella tips and fall, people falling out of windows. That yeah, they're like. When, when someone the when that happens, to, yeah. yeah. When you when that happens, it's like, oh yeah, they got assassinated by the Russians. Yeah, yeah. fell out a window. Or what are they called now? The FSB is that what they're called now? I think. Kremlin. No, the Kremlin's like the name of the, like the government building. The, the, our Congress. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, anyways, so what else was I, what else was I saying? Okay, so yeah, we're on the Cold War now, right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we, then we have, like, the Korean War and the Vietnamese, yeah. or the Vietnam War and all these places where, um, you know, it's kind of like a hotbed for East versus West in terms of our influence and shit. So I, mean, I don't know if you get you any Well, literally, Korea and Vietnam were basically us versus the communists. That's the whole reason why we entered those wars was to stop the spread of communism. Mm-hmm. And obviously, in the Korean War, we, you know... We, we demarcated a line and said, all right, fine. You communists can have this part, and that's the end of it. Vietnam, you know, eventually we, we were there and then we left. But eventually the communists were no more. So, I mean, because Vietnam is not a communist country today. But... And just like, you know, Russia's not communist today, even though, you know, eventually, even, I guess that's the lesson is eventually all communism fails over time. Uh, so are we all out of topics for espionage or, or do you, does Frank have more to elaborate with the J- Japanese? Uh, with the ninja the, and the, the shinobis. And the shinobis. No? That's it? All right. Well, we cleared an hour, so pretty good with that. Yeah, we were an hour and ten minutes. Oh my, oh my days. Oh my, oh my Jeebus. All right, so now we need to start running our own splinter operation and uh, our own our own CIA. We need somebody to uh, <coughs> we we need to put a plant in Domino's Pizza so we can get 50, free a thirty five percent discount on our pizzas. <laughs> I think that already exists. Can we, can we what? Kill ourselves and then eat Domino's? Is that- oh, instead of getting Domino's, can we just kill ourselves? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh, instead. So you're saying you'd rather kill yourself than eat Domino's pizza? I'm one line. They made it coming up, but every time I eat it, I get diarrhea. Okay, what sort of pizza should we subvert to get free or discounted pizza? Papa John's. Oh, Papa John's? No, really, we need to get Lampost pizza. <laughs> Lampost? Yeah, they exist outside of the IE, man. Yeah, but who cares? We, we either way, the lamppost is still excellent. Yeah, we need we need to sell. We need we need to sell. We need we need to create an under. We need an agent to infiltrate fucking, the pizza industry. Yeah, specifically lamppost so pizza, so we can get the secret ingredients and build our own pizzas without having to pay forty fucking dollars. We could build our own pizzas and then sell them for less. Yeah, a reason for sell them for a reasonable price. Get ready, folks. Game Rage Pizza. Yep, Game Rage. <laughs> no, it's just be called Game Rage the Pizza Shop. Yeah, Game Rage, and we'll find out the secret recipe for monsters so we can oh, sell it yeah. half the price. We're gonna sell it as yep. a, an, a, Arizona be, prices. Yeah. Arizona iced 99, tea. Ninety nine cents a fucking can. <laughs> Ninety nine cents a tall can. Game Rage energy drink. Hell yeah, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, that's you know what? that's what it should be called. Hell yeah, brother, the energy drink. <laughs> hell yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, with the knockoff fucking Macho Man Randy Savage dude. Oh yeah, that'd be double shit. Oh man. Anyways, all right. Well, uh, I think that pretty much uh, wraps it up. So, fucking if uh, actually, give me your microphone real quick. Why is that? I got to do this on this side here. Scoot over. All right. So, so yeah. So, uh, Game Rage uh, Magazine on Instagram and TikTok and Game Rage Mag on Twitter and X. And uh, we thank you. We appreciate you for listening to us. And um, I guess, I don't know. I guess that's pretty much it. So, 
Check us on the next one. Don't give your balls a touch, you tit fucker. was the latest episode of the Central Unintelligence Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe and like on Instagram and TikTok at Game Rage Magazine. We're also on Twitter slash X at Game Rage Mag. Also our website, www.gameragemagazine.com.